Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast brought to you by MyBookie. Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane prop bets, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice, the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action, use promo code WEBZONE, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code WEBZONE and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. And if anybody laid bets yesterday, I hope you did not do it on the Niners. Uh, It was not the best opening week performance. And look, opening week can be fluky. Week one, we see a lot of things that we're not going to see for the rest of the season. But listen, it was a frustrating game. It was a sloppy game. It was a game full of missed opportunities. And a lot of fans are definitely concerned right now. And should we be concerned? Zane and I are going to get into that. But before I bring Zane on, I wanted to talk about what I think is the big elephant in the room, the big story right now. And that was the play of Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday, which, which was not good. And I put out something on Twitter today, and I want to start off the show with it because I've got a lot of we got a lot of responses from the fans, and I thank you guys for interacting with with me on Twitter at alsacco forty nine. I really appreciate it. And for me, I'm just trying to still figure out what my expectations are of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't expect him to be Pat Mahomes. I don't expect him to be Russell Wilson. I don't expect him to be Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think he has that ceiling, but I do expect him to be, I guess, Matt Ryan ish. And what do I mean by that? Matt Ryan's a really good Pro Bowl-level quarterback who is going to make all the throws you need him to make. He's an upper-tier QB, top-10-ish QB. And if he's in the right situation, look at 2016 with Kyle Shanahan, he could have a huge year. That's what I expect out of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I also expect out of him and any quarterback who's a franchise quarterback is at times to be able to put your team on your back when you need them to, to make the people around you better. And again, I'm not expecting to be Russell Wilson where he can run around and, and be crazy and win games that way. He's not the type of quarterback. And listen, this game, was he without his top two wide receivers? Absolutely. Was George Kittle a non-factor because of an injury in the second half? Absolutely. Was he missing a starting center? Yep. And that wreaks havoc on an offensive line. But here's the thing. Despite all of those things, the plays were there to be made to win that game. And look, some of them were fairly routine. And if you're looking at it any other way, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself. He, he didn't make the plays. And I'm not saying he won't make them moving forward. I'm not saying he, he won't brush this aside and, and play well. But he played really poorly. He was not functional after the first quarter. These are easy throws. These are throws out in the flat to your all, to your all-world tight end that you hang him out to dry and he hurts his knee. This is a play to a, a throw to a wide open Kendrick Bourne at the end of the game and you throw a duck. He, he's not seeing the field. There's open guys and he's not seeing it. He's, he's, he's on his one read and he's not coming off it. And look, until I see the all 22, I can't tell you what was going on down the field. I don't know who was open and who wasn't. 
but Garoppolo is not seeing the field well. And you say, oh, well, Al, it's week one. Okay, but no, it's a little bit of a theme now when you go back to the playoffs because he was terrible against Minnesota. Okay, everybody wants to say, well, he, he, had, a, he had an incomplete against Green Bay. The truth of the matter is against Green Bay, I know they were running the ball, but he almost threw an interception in Green Bay territory and Kyle Shanahan stopped throwing after that. And then in the Super Bowl, you could say what you want to about his stats. Garoppolo did not see the field. We've been over it. And he did not play well in the fourth quarter and it carried into now. Do I think it's going to continue? I'm a Jimmy believer. I think he's going to turn it around. But Zane, let's bring you in. I'm sorry I've been talking, buddy, but that was a worrisome performance. Yeah, um, week one is always one of those weeks where weird stuff happens. Like I remember back in the day when the Patriots were in their heyday and and, uh, I think Laurie and Malloy went from the Patriots to the Bills. The Bills shut them out like 30 to nothing in week one. And several other times, like the Patriots had lost like in week one and people made a big deal out of it. And like all the sky is falling. But the thing is, is that number one, that was the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And number two, um, the thing that bothered me is that, look, there's a, I, I differentiate my feelings um, from some of the other people that are feeling this way about this one week. To me, the troubling thing here is that this has been an ongoing trend. There are several things that have followed the 49ers since last year, since that Seattle game last year, in fact, that have followed them all the way through. And not all of them are on Jimmy. I know that we're talking about Jimmy right now. But not all of them are on Jimmy, right? Like the, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, because we're talking about Jimmy, is that bad Jimmy shows up far too often. And if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you have to minimize that. And I, I understand he's growing. I understand he's getting used to the offense and Kyle Shanahan's offense is super complicated and all this stuff, right? But at the same time, there are plays to be had there. And I, I defended him in the Super Bowl. I was like, look, the, the sequence of play calling was not right by Kyle Shanahan. The, the, way that they structured their plays was not correct in my opinion. And I, I did defend him. But when you look at the way that he played on Sunday against the Cardinals, like I just, I just don't know. Like, how do you evaluate that? Like I've said many times on the show that people don't know how to evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's the most frustrating thing when you hear like quote unquote experts try to evaluate him because he's so hot and cold. And I think you're seeing that as a fan now, because we, before we used to be like, yeah, we know what he is, right? Because he'll make a few bad throws and then and then that's it. But now you're stretching into like he has like bad quarters or a bad game. Like like bad Jimmy used to show up for like a couple throws before. I don't know what happened in that Minnesota game because if you remember Al, he was lights out during that Seattle game last year to win the division. Like he was great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was fan- he was fantastic. And I don't know what happened between during that bye week between the Seattle game and the Minnesota game. But since that Minnesota game, he has been really, really bad. And when I say bad, that doesn't mean like, oh, he's been like Nathan Peterman bad, where like, you know, he's throwing five picks in the quarter bad. But like from his standard that he himself has set for us previously, based off of the five games we saw him at 2017 and the rest of his uh, career here at San Francisco, he's been way under that level. And I don't know what's happened to him, Al. Like, I don't know what it is, why he hasn't seen the field. I can point to several throws that he had yesterday as of the recording of the show, I'm saying yesterday, but I can point to several throws he had on Sunday that he just completely missed. Like the triple spinorama or whatever it was like near the, near in, in the red zone that he had in, in, early in the game where he spun around three times for bobbling the ball. Like Jarek McKinnon was wide open and Dante Pettis on the other side of the field. Like Jimmy just has to throw it like, bro, just let it go. I, I don't understand what the hesitation is and he's not throwing guys open anymore. Like the way he did in 2017 and, and the beginning of 2018 now, he's not doing that anymore. Like he's waiting for guys to get open and then he's pulling the trigger. That's why Kendrick Bourne didn't catch that touchdown yesterday. Well, I mean, uh-huh. he also didn't come back for the ball. But if Jimmy pulls that trigger when they're, when they're even, when he's even with Patrick Peterson, that's when you got to throw it, not when he's already in the end zone. Like 
as soon as he was even with like they say if they're even if i'm even i'm leaving right that's basically what it is right that's what they right. say as soon as he got even with patrick peterson that's it the ball has to be gone trent taylor last play of the game the fourth and five number one he missed kendrick Bourne again streaking down the sideline Bourne, if you look at the all 22 you're gonna you're gonna go crazy Bourne literally did the same thing goes even with patrick peterson had his hand up and basically it's easy pitch and catch to the end zone throw it to the pylon that's it the game's over you win and on top of that, not only did he miss Bourne, but he missed the easy throw to Taylor. That's an easy out route, Al. That's any quarterback should be able to complete. That's a five-yard out. Everybody should be able to do that. Yes, I get that it's the end of the game. It's a, it's a clutch situation, whatever. But you, you're an NFL quarterback. You need to make that throw. That's that's the criticism that I had for Kyle Shanahan, and I'm defending Shanahan here a little bit in, in, in the Super Bowl, like where he didn't go for a first down and instead went for everything and overthrew Manuel Sanders. He tried to go for the first down this time. And they still messed it up. So it's like, to me, at some point, when your offense is not operable by your quarterback, you have to, I, I don't know what you do. Like, the receivers were getting separation at times. And when they do get separation, you have to be able to throw. And the other thing I want to point out, Al, is that not every single throw is going to have a ton of separation with the receiver from the cornerback. Like, you're not going to have that in every single throw. This is the NFL. The defense is paid too. You're not going to have wide open guys running down the field like DeAndre Hopkins was the, the second half. You're not going to have that in the NFL. Unless, uh, apparently, unless you're playing the 49ers defense, which we'll get to. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm starting to get concerned about Jimmy, not because of this game, but because of the last three games that we've seen, the last four games now that we've seen from him. And we're seeing a trend here. He doesn't seem to feel, seem to feel well. He throws flat footed. His mechanics are bad. He's not, he's missing open receivers. And he's just really skittish in the pocket. And it's a new development that we just have, we haven't seen Jimmy this bad, like ever, I don't think. And I guess for me yesterday, what I was looking to see for him is, all right, you haven't played a good game. The chips are down. You don't have guys. But again, there were plays to be made. Just put it all behind you and win this game. That's what I was looking for at the end. And, and you talk about great QBs. Well, you want to say, well, Patrick Mahomes, people say didn't play well in the Super Bowl. Well, he did at the end. He made the plays at the end. And no, he didn't play well. The Niners defense made him look bad for a lot of that game. But when he had to make the plays at the end, he made them. That's what great players do. That's what I was looking for out of Jimmy in this game, especially at the end there. Okay, he didn't play well. It doesn't matter. Have amnesia, go out and win this game, and, and he didn't do it. And you alluded to the pocket presence. That's um, He holds the ball too long. He's been getting – he doesn't do it all the time. It's like sometimes he looks smooth and like he doesn't care in the world, and, and then sometimes he, he looks like he's jittery back there, and the pocket presence wasn't good yesterday. And I, I want to say that, well – Maybe he's just trying to be too careful, right? He doesn't want bad Jimmy to show up. But that interception that got called back, that was an awful throw. When they called defensive pass interference, he got lucky there. That was another bad Jimmy moment. And the stats on the surface looked pretty good. It was 259 yards. I think he threw four or two TDs. He had 103 ratings. So if you just look at the box score, you're like, oh, we didn't do that bad. But when you really break it down, he didn't play well. He had 57.88 completion percentage, which is one of the lowest of his career, at least with the Niners. His yards per attempt were 7.85, but if you take out the five-yard pass to Rahi Mostert that he took to the house, it's 5.71 yards per attempt for his other 33 attempts. That's atrocious. That's really, really bad. The team was two for 11 on third downs. And I, I mentioned on Twitter, a lot of fans are feeling this way. There are some fans who are saying, well, he doesn't have the receivers, regardless of whether they're open or not, regardless of whether they're open or not. If I'm out there running and I'm wide open, the quarterback's got to put it on me. Got to put it on him. I was looking for him, I guess, to, and I keep talking about the expectations. Am I expecting too much? I don't know. 
I just expected him to elevate his game yesterday. He didn't have his pieces. Make the people around you better. And he didn't do that. And, and that really worried me. And again, we may be talking three weeks from now. Look, when we're doing this show, we have to react to what happened that week. And that's what we're doing. We can't be like, oh, what happened? But whatever, we're going to be fine. Who the hell wants to listen to that? It's not, it's not it's part of what this is. It's entertaining. It's fun. We're talking, we're reacting to what happened in the week. So in three weeks, maybe he, we're going to be saying, oh, remember when he was so bad in week one? That's a distant memory. I hope we're saying that. But yesterday was worrisome to me. Two for 11 on third downs. Come on. Come on. Just brutal. And, and you can't, I'm not going to blame him for Kittle's injury. But when you look at that play, it was a microcosm of, of what the hell is this team doing yesterday? The quarterback floats a pass out there high to get a player killed. And I think it was Kendrick Bourne misses his block or didn't do a good block and kill ends up getting hit. Microcosm, everything they did wrong. And, and those wide receivers, I guess let, we can get done bashing Jimmy right now, Zane. The wide receiver group, Shanahan said today, well, they weren't in the game plan. Whatever, man. They still had 11 targets and maybe Jimmy was missing them. Maybe they were open. Like I said, I got to look at the all 22, but they had four catches for 41 yards. Uh, that's an embarrassment. That's a flat out embarrassment. This group, you take, we don't know what Ayuk is. We all love Ayuk. We heard he's going to be a safety blanket. Great. I, I hope he is. And we know what Debo is. Debo's a, a terrific player. Kendrick Bourne did better than the numbers would say. Actually, he only had a couple catches, but he was open. He could have had a big touch on catch. Kendrick Bourne played well yesterday. But beyond that, why does Dante, you see, did you see Dante Pettis quote unquote go for that one ball? He's done. Yeah. Sh- Shanahan was talking about Muhammad Sanu today too, saying that, you know, it's interesting that he's out there. I'm sorry, Pettis is done. In the Niners, shame on them for not bringing in a vet. Once they knew Samuel was hurt, and I think everybody in the world knew it, it was going to be a while for him to get back. And Ayuk is just a rookie. It's not fair to put that on him. Trent Taylor hasn't played in forever. Once Jalen Hurd went down, if you're not out looking for vets, I don't mean Tavon Austin. I don't mean J.B.J. Nelson. You get somebody like Muhammad Sanu, not Taylor Gabriel. People who are versed in Shanahan's offense, bring him in. What are they waiting for at this point? What are they waiting for? Bring him in. Zane, these wide receivers need help. I think the whole, and, and I'm glad that you kind of talked about Muhammad Sanu because I, you know, he's he was one of those guys that I was hoping that they would sign uh, when he became a free agent when he left Atlanta, but or when he, sorry, when he was going to Atlanta when he left Cincinnati. But I mean, I think that when you look at this wide receiver group, what's I mean, I guess what's left of them. You don't have anybody that's accomplished anything. And even with, with Debo there, like he has one season and he was really good last year. And I think that he could be just as good this year when he gets back. But let's be honest, Allie, I'm not making excuses for Jimmy, but Debo gets that pat the born the, the born play where he, where he should have the basically come back for the ball. That's a touchdown. Like that's not a pass interference or it's a touchdown. Like take your pick. And he admitted as much. Like he tweeted out, he's like, Yeah, sorry, you should have come back for that. But it's like, man, like we just we just can't get a break here with any receivers. Like you, you, I, you've told me so many times, you love to put those receiver stats out, right? The last pro bowl 49ers receiver was way back to Terrell Owens. Um, the last thousand yard 49 receiver was the Anquan Bolden six years ago. Like we are for as rich of a history as the 49ers have with quarterbacks and receivers, they cannot for the life of them find a franchise quarterback or a franchise wide receiver after basically Jeff Garcia and Terrell Owens left. And that was at the beginning of this millennium. And it's frustrating to me because they have tried their damnedest to find those people. Traded up to get Dante Pettis. Got Devo in the second round last year. Got Ayuk in the first round this year. Like they're trying. They're trying to fill these holes. And then injuries and ineffectiveness and whatever you want to call it, they, they just don't end up panning out. And 
I saw it, like I said, like I mentioned to you earlier, Pettis was open on that weird fumble play where Jimmy had the ball slip out of his hand. It's just, I don't know if Jimmy doesn't trust them because they don't get open every time. Or I don't know if he just doesn't trust them because they, he feels like they're going to drop the ball. He clearly doesn't trust Pettis. Pettis had 40 snaps yesterday. He had one target. And clearly. even that target. Two, two years now, he doesn't trust him, right? Yeah. Because Pettis, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Pettis did put up numbers with Mullins. And I'm, I'm not, listen, Pettis has not shown a lot of heart. But you're right. Jimmy clearly does not trust him. It's been the second year now where he doesn't target him. You're absolutely right. I mean, these throws should be like, I'm looking at Al, it's, it's frustrating. And I know I'm going off on a tangent here looking at other teams, but look at the other teams, like this Monday night game and some of the other games you saw yesterday, like these teams are just slinging it around. Like they're just slinging it and they have worse talent than the 49ers do. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why is it so difficult for the 49ers to get anything going? Like they were just literally just plodding through yesterday and it was just such, so painful to watch. They couldn't get anything going. And when they did, it ended up stalling because they do take a sack or Jimmy would fumble or they would do something dumb. It's just, it's just to me, mind boggling why they didn't win yesterday. And, and, and I know that again, we're getting off on a tangent going back to the receivers that they're a big part of it. When you have, when you're basically limited to only throwing to your tight ends and running backs, it takes a huge portion away from your game because you're playing inside of a box. Your receivers are supposed to be the ones that, that go down the field and stretch the field and are able to go and put a little bit of pressure on the back end of the secondary to open things up for everybody underneath, like your tight ends and running backs. And I think that part of it, like I, I mentioned that Jimmy should have been checked down Charlie for, for this entire game, but you can't do that if you're playing in a 10 yard box because your receivers can't get open. They were daring them to throw deep and the Niners couldn't like the only deep pass was to use check your fullback. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Like the, you can't, you can't have that from your receiver group and it's comical how bad they are. Like Trent Taylor was a total non-factor. Anybody saying who Trent Taylor would, would have a thousand yards this season, you're kidding yourself. Okay. Trent Taylor is a very good role player for what he does, like a chain mover, but this was his first game. He's just getting his feet wet. And even when he was playing, like he was he was good, but he wasn't like dominant like Wes Welker status. Like he wasn't like that. He was very good, but he was never like an every down, like he's gonna he, I'm gonna go to this guy. He has Born- an under under 10 yards a reception for his career. I mean, yeah, Taylor's a, a five or six yard reception guy. I think his career average is like eight point something for. Yeah. It's just over eight. It's not, yeah. So uh, born is born is nothing. I like Henry born. He's a great attitude. He's a great, terrific guy. role player, terrific role, terrific player. role player. He's not, he's not more than a three. He's not and you show it's we're seeing that now. He's not more than a three. Pettis should be gone tomorrow. I'm sorry. Like I, I liked Dante Pettis. I like him as a dude. Like he's really good, really good guy. And I feel bad for him because I kind of feel like, you know, he kind of got snake bitten a little bit by Kyle Shanahan's attitude and things like that. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, man, at some point, I thought you guys had it, had it figured out. I thought this was going to be the off season that you figured it out and you're going to be, you're going to be dominant, man. Arizona had one of the worst pass defenses last year. And they added Isaiah Simmons, who was a rookie who just got exposed time and time again by Kyle Shanahan. And they couldn't do anything against them this year. Like, I feel like part of Jim, the, the, the lack of growth that Jimmy has shown is due to the fact that he doesn't have any receivers that he trusts. Like the receivers that he trusted, okay, Manuel Sanders, he's gone. I uh, trusted Marquise Goodwin in his first year. Okay, he got hurt. Uh, trusted Debo, Debo's out. Ayuk is a security blanket. He's out too. So what do you have? You have Kittle who's getting double teamed on every play. Uh, Jordan Reed for 10 plays, which is great to see him. And I don't think, I think it was the right move to kind of ease him back into action with his concussion yeah. uh, history. And you have a bunch of like, a bunch of nobodies. I'm sorry to say, a bunch of nobodies playing receiver. Now you're in a situation where, okay, Ayuk will probably play on Sunday against the Jets. 
and you are trotting out the rest of the same receiver group, how much of a difference is Brandon Ayuk going to make in his first NFL game? You need to bring in Mohamed Sanu. You need to bring in Taylor Gabriel, like you said. You need to bring in a veteran receiver who knows the system, who can either teach these guys or at least provide some sort of experience for Jimmy. Like when plays break down or when guys are trying to get open, you need to be able to find a guy who can get open on his own and not just stay on the route tree. And that's that's what I don't think the Niners have. They don't have guys that ad-lib. Bourne is probably the best one. I think that's why he has the most touchdowns in the red zone because he's the best ad-libber. Um, Debo's getting there. Um, he's he's the bully. And by the way, like if if Debo was playing, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Al, if Debo's playing, he ke- he gets that ball that Bourne had. Like, yeah, I, probably, I agree with that. I think I think the lesson with Pettis is don't ever trust a guy who licks himself like a cat, right? <laughs> if you're if you're like if like. If you're at a party and a dude is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pretend I'm going to lick myself like a cat. That's weird, right? You're not going to invite that guy back to the party. So, yeah, once he did that with his first touchdown, we should have known. Don't trust that dude. It's a little weird. Um, Yeah. But anyway, back to the receivers. Devontae Adams yesterday, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two TDs. Last time a Niner had a game like that. Right. Hopkins yesterday. What did he have? 11 or 10 catches for whatever it was. Huge game. It's been a while. So we, hopefully Ayuk is the guy. Hopefully Debo gets back healthy, but the Niners, I think, have to do something there. And again, I kind of feel like shame on them for not doing something sooner, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Is there anything else I want to bitch about or do I want to say something nice? Let's, let's, let's say something nice. Let's do some nice things. How about Jarek McKinnon yesterday? Got to feel really great for story. that guy. Right? Great story. Yeah. Two years, and in, 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 I thought he could have had more plays in the passing game. He, he had some nice runs. Looks like they eased him in a little bit. I think he's going to be a really nice piece. I really like the Moster, Jarek McKinnon. And, and the only Coleman on the field, I think it was like six snaps. He didn't touch the ball that much, which I think is a good role for him right now. Because I like Moster, it seemed like they were committed to him. And then I was really happy for McKinnon, man. Wasn't it just good after all? Just when he got that touchdown, you felt good for him, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that the, Kyle Shanahan before this game said that, and one of the things I do like about Kyle Shanahan is that he's very forthcoming about what the what he's thinking and what the game plan was for a specific game. Like he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat things and he doesn't hide things in, in the media. Um, call it an experience or whatever. But I think as a, as a fan, a person who covers the team, I think it's great because we get a lot of insight. And he mentioned how they only acted, activated four wide receivers and they activated all of the running backs because he was expecting that the running backs would be, big, be a big part of um, the passing game and obviously the running game too. And when Jared McKinnon came in uh, a couple of years ago and, and they signed him to that big deal, he was supposed to be a focal point. And he was supposed to be kind of like the the secret weapon for Kyle Shanahan that he could deploy at any time and, and catch or run and be really good at both. And I thought he had a pretty good debut. Like, remember, this is his first action in over 900 days. Okay, put, if you could wrap your mind around that, almost a thousand days between playing for the Vikings and playing for the 49ers. And the fact that he had a touchdown and a pretty good game overall in his limited opportunities in his first game back to me is very promising. Like McKinnon is one of those guys that I was hoping would be a really, really exciting piece when they signed him. And I still have really high hopes for him now because I see the way that he's able to catch the ball. He's, he looks like a natural receiver catching the ball. And I see what they saw in him now. And that adds to out another dimension of this offense that they didn't have last year. So they did do some things really well, like getting the ball to their running backs and letting them run with it, catch and run with it. They did that fantastically. Like Raheem Mostert, you're seeing that this guy could be, we, we asked him, like, can he be the bell cow back? I think he can. I think he's taking over that role. Like, he worked on his pass catching this offseason. He, he, he was very adamant about uh, being able to be an all-around running back and not just a, a guy who toasts the ball 
and uh, and is a special teamer, and he and he did do that. So the fact that both of them, I think that the running back story for for both of them is actually pretty cool, uh, because Mostert was like a nothing special teamer at the beginning of last year, and now he's just starting running back, and he can be one of those trusted guys, I guess, that Jimmy can have when he checks it down and throws it to. But as far as McKinnon goes, I thought that it was that was going to be the game when he touched down. I was mm-hmm. hoping that would be the game when he touched down. I was like, all right, eight minutes left, just get a stop. Stop and maybe one more score, and then and then it's over. And then they full out Super Bowl Fifty Four did. Yeah, you know, I I knew I knew the defense was gassed though. I was a little bit worried. You know, in terms of the running game though, twenty five carries, one hundred twenty three yards yesterday. It didn't seem like they ran that well, did it? Did you feel like they were running the ball well? No, but I felt like they also didn't stick with it. Like, what do we say about Kyle Shanahan? He didn't stick with it long enough. So to me, I, I just don't understand this about Kyle Shanahan. I don't understand why you activate all four of your running backs and then you don't use them extensively. Like when you have only four receivers and when Richie James went down, they had three receivers active mm-hmm. and that was basically it. At that point, it's like, okay, we're going dump offs to running backs and handoffs. And basically we're going to try to grind this thing out. We're not going to throw the ball down the field anymore because we can't. We, uh, our quarterback can't do it. We don't have the personnel. You basically need to gain three plus yards per carry to be able to get a first down every time. And that's what the focus should have been. We're going to play five yards at a time. It's going to be five yards in a cloud of dust. And if we need to gain more yardage passing, we'll try. But I just don't understand why. And he did the same thing in the Super Bowl too, right? He activated Jeff Wilson only to have him on the field for like a play. Um, I don't know if Jeff Wilson played at all uh, on the weekend. I have to look at the snap counts. They haven't come out yet. Or I guess they're out, but I haven't seen them yet. He didn't get. The, he certainly didn't get the ball. Um, he's your goal line guy. They sent Mostert out there. Mostert got stuffed. Um, it's just I, I don't understand what he's trying to do with the running backs. I, I really don't. Well, Kyle can be a little weird sometimes in the way he approaches games, and I always think so. I think to the to the New Orleans game last year, and there's two plays that are sticking out to me where he did the end around where Sanders threw the touchdown to Mostert, and then the play that I just absolutely loved where they they handed off to Usechek. And then use tech pitches it to Mostert, who I'm, he had a big gain or touch. I don't remember what it was, but you remember the play I'm talking about where he hands it off to him and he flips it to him or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So creative. And I was like waiting for plays like that in the Super Bowl at the end. Like, what's he going to break out? And even in games like this, I'm just waiting. Okay. He's, is he going to do a little, you know, a little razzle dazzle? What's he got? What's he got going on? And he was so kind of weirdly vanilla this week. And I don't know if that's, uh, trust your defense and just don't let your offense screw it up type thing. But I, I said, so one of my favorite things in all the years I've been doing whatever the hell I'm doing here with the Niners is fans will tell me all the time, like, Al, Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan can scheme anyone open. It doesn't matter. And then during the game, they're like, Al, the receivers can't get open. Which is it? Can you scheme anyone open or, or can the receivers not get open? Like, eventually you need talent. But even in games like yesterday, when, when you're missing guys, why is he not trying something? Try something, right? I don't know, an end around or, or have somebody throw the ball besides Jimmy. I, I don't know. He's got to have something else in his playbook. I just thought, I thought some of the plays calls were weird yesterday. But again, I do think that they were there. But it's kind of the same thing that we talked about at the end of the Super Bowl. Like in the fourth quarter, there was a lot of, well, Kyle did this or that. Well, if you look at the all 22, the plays were there. The quarterback didn't see them. <laughs> That's just what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, Chris Jones did knock that one ball down to you tip your cap. But other than that, a lot of stuff was there that the quarterback didn't see. I wonder if it was kind of like that yesterday. 
But I think Kyle has to adjust where if it's a game where Jimmy isn't seeing the field and he has those games, do some do do something funky. Change it up. I don't know. Even roll him out. I don't know. He was just very vanilla to me. I love Kyle. Listen, I'm on record. I love Kyle. But it was a, his approach yesterday was weird for me. Yeah. I, so let me, let's go back to last year. Seattle 1.0. Um, Atlanta, uh, the end of the Ravens game. Um, and the Super Bowl. So all of those were losses, and all of those were really weird game plans by Kyle. Uh, the Ravens game, yeah, it was raining and things like that, and but he just seemed like he was kind of timid with his play calling and eventually didn't go for the fourth and one at the end, and the Ravens ended up winning. And, and we all know about the OT loss with Seattle, and we all obviously know about the Super Bowl. But I feel like Kyle Shanahan gets into a shell sometimes, and he gets into a shell for whatever reason. We, he's notorious. We know this about him. He said it. Many times in press conferences, he doesn't like putting things on tape. So especially against these divisional opponents, like Al, last year, if you look at the way that they played in the first games against these divisional opponents versus the way they played in the second games, offensively, that is, they played way better in the, in the second game. Like there's things that they, he showed in the second game that we never saw in the first game. With the exception, I, w- I would say like the first Arizona game because Jimmy played really well in that game too. But the first Rams game, they were kind of like, eh, it was like 20 to seven. And it was just like more of a defensive battle. The first Seattle game was a loss, obviously. And Jimmy looked terrible in that game. The uh, first Arizona game, the team looked kind of, eh, Jimmy had a good start. And then they kind of tailed off in the second half. And then the second time around, like, obviously the game in Seattle, Jimmy was fantastic. The offense was great. Uh, the, the Rams game, they came back and won. They, they scored 38 points. They were really good in that game too. Um, Jimmy struggled a little bit, but they were, the offense was much better. Um, and the, the Arizona game where they had this, they, they were down 16, nothing and ended up winning on the Jeff Wilson touchdown. Like, you know, they were, they were pretty good then too. They just, the defense was just gassed from the previous week in Se- against Seattle. But I think that like the next time he sees these opponents, it'll be much better, but I just don't understand sacrifice, potentially sacrificing one game or like being able to, to beat them down the line. Like it's just, it's just the weirdest thing to me. And like I said, he, he gets into a shell where he, doesn't move Jimmy out of the pocket. He's just a statue there. He doesn't have Jimmy take take a couple extra steps on his deep drop to get more time. He doesn't want to check it down to the running backs. And basically it's like he doesn't want to run the ball. And it's basically like you're you're hitting your head against the wall at that point. And like you said, with a, a quarterback who's not seeing the field well, you're not making any 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 easier on him. Look at the end of the Pittsburgh game last year. And when you see the amount of take what they give you sort of throws where it's just check down, check down, check down, quick out, get the ball out of Jimmy's hands. The amount of throws like that, that he has, it's unbelievable. And to me, I'm like, why don't you just do that every time? And granted defenses take some of that away, but you have to be able to find somebody open on a check down. You have to, it's, that's why it's a safety valve. So when he does this to me, like it, it hurts the team. And is, is uber talented. Like I love watching him, conduct an offense he's like a symphony conductor right he's 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 very very good at it but when his offense is not rolling it's just like al they just weren't even interesting to watch yesterday they were just boring like they just mm-hmm. they just were boring they didn't do anything exciting the atlanta game specifically last year i was at that game it was one of the few games i was able to get to last year and the way that kyle called that game it was just so odd it was almost like 
he was trying not to show stuff for the playoffs. Like he was holding onto the playbook. It was just the most vanilla playbook, no trick plays, no crazy motions. No, there's no creativity at all. And I understand that a lot of it has to do with like Debo and I both being a part of that, but they called one Kittle reverse, which he got a bunch of like in a first down yard uh, on he got 13 yards, but that was it. When they got down to the goal line, it was a fourth and goal from the one foot line. And he chose to run the ball behind his third string center who just got signed from the practice squad instead of running the ball behind his all pro left tackle Trent Williams. Like I just think that he over overthinks thing. And on top of that, if you look at that play, so I'm going to break down that play really quick. So Trent Williams basically blocks down. And what happened is that Brunskill was supposed to come through and pull. Warren was supposed to block out. Brunskill was supposed to fill the hole that Trent Williams left. And uh, Mostert was essentially supposed to run, run behind Brunskill. What happened is that Trent Williams basically destroyed his man. That guy fell into Brunskill. Werner lost his footing, and Mostert, he got in anyways, and he, and he did say that in the media today. He did get in, but obviously like it's, it's really hard to see it when you're in goal line, but he got stuffed. It wasn't clear. So, so many things were going on in that play. You had, you had Trent Williams blocking down. You had your speed running back in. You had your guard that was pulling, and you wanted to go afoot with that. And on top of that, if you look at it, and I know this is pretty standard procedure for most teams, Al, when they, when they hand the ball off around the goal line, but I just hate it for, for any team. The, the spot that Jimmy handed the ball to Mostert at, he handed the ball to him at the six-yard line. So you need a foot, but you're going back six yards to hand the ball off. Like, I hate that. I hate when any team does that. It's not this Niners-specific thing. But to me, if you're Kyle Shanahan, best offensive mind in the game, genius head coach, whiz kid, you got to have something better than a run up the gut. It was textbook like Alfred Morris at the beginning of the 2018 season when he fumbled twice. Textbook, the same exact thing happened. Like they knew it was coming. It was easy for them to stop. And when he gets into that, when he gets into that mode where he's predictable, they don't have the talent to compete. I'm sorry, Al. The receivers are not talented enough, and the weapons besides Kittle are not talented enough to compete with some of these better teams. You can't just you you can't just out talent people because of the way that the Niners roster is built. So he has to scheme people up. And in when he's go ahead, Al. No, I, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say you mentioned Kittle. That's was is is and was a huge story because look, he was George Kittle in the first half. He hurt his knee, and we did not see him in the second half, which is worrisome. And he has a sprained knee. We don't know about this upcoming week. If he's out, top of Debo being out. I know it's thank God you're playing the Jets. If you don't have Kittle and Debo this week, that's all I'm going to say is thank God you're playing you're playing the Jets. Go ahead. Yeah, I I just and and again I hope that Kyle Shanahan shows up better this week. I, I think he will. Jimmy plays better after losses as well. But I just really hope that if Kittle is out, then it's and Le'Veon Bell is out for the the Jets. By the way, he's not going to play. Uh, Adam Gates decided he's whatever he he decided to play him on a bum on a bum hamstring, which is which is terrible. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that, you know what that means, Al? That means our friend Frank Gore gets to start. The legend. Love him. Love him. Love he his gets Frank Gore. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we have Frank Gore against the Niners this week. How did I yep. not think of that? Yep, Frank Gore gets That's to start. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be great. And on top of that, uh, the funny thing is that when he was here in 2014, the only player that, that was left when he was still here was Joe Staley. So now it's like he's going to a team and like nobody nobody's played with him before. <laughs> It's just he's still playing, and like the team has like cycled through several different roster rebuilds. And Frank Gore still playing. Do you know who the longest tenured Niner is? Is it is it Kyle Nelson? Is long long snapper? No, I have no idea. I'm honestly asking you. It might be. It might be the long snapper. Those guys usually are the longest tenured. But at this point, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, 
Um, All right. One other thing I want to say about the offense and before yeah. we move on, because I do have a big question for you about the defense is Ben Garland may be the most underrated person in the world right now, because when he came in to replace Richburg last year, you know, anytime you lose your center, it's worrisome. They made the Super Bowl with him. Mm-hmm. They set rushing records with him in the playoffs. He was a huge, huge, huge role player on this team to come in and do that. And obviously they missed him a lot. And I think I saw somewhere where Grasso didn't give up a pressure. He had a pretty decent, decent grade. Okay. Obviously, whatever the interior, the center can play pretty well and there's still calls and there's a fluidity with the offensive line. It wasn't happening with the, with the interior yesterday. And they really, I really, really think they need Garland back. And I, I believe he's going to be back this week. And that's going to be huge for this team. I, I, I think that that's going to go a long way. The question I want to ask you, though, as we move over to the defense here, is I was watching one of the Brian Balden, Baldinger um, breakdowns on Twitter. And he does such an awesome job. And he was doing the breakdown where Hopkins was wide open, where he ran the ball down to the one. And it was one of those blown coverages that, we saw in 2018. It was one of the things that lead me to, led me to think about this game. The game did feel had a very 2018 feel to it. Now, if you think back to 2018, remember all I said all those blown coverages, and we were killing Robert Sala, killing him. Last year, they bring in Joe Woods for the defensive backs, and you didn't see though. I, I mean, the defense was terrific last year. Obviously, Joe Woods is the defensive coordinator of the Browns now, and now you see another breakdown like that. Was that just a we're trying new things first game blip on the radar, or is there more there? Do you think? So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I, 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 it's more of like it's hard to say in week one. You can tell I'm like I'm struggling with this. It's it's hard to say in week one because uh, you don't really know what happens behind the scenes. Like, I feel like they were kind of all this revenge talk tour, like. Or revenge tour talk and all these things and how Shanahan showed them tape of the Super Bowl before and like talked about the fans like all this stuff like kind of brings a false sense of security. I feel like it does at least, but I really think that that kind of had to, had to contribute with it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what hear what you have to say before I actually react to this. What do you, what do you think? I think it's too early. I think it's too it's it's too early for any of that. I do, mm-hmm. but there is a little thing in the back of my head. I thought Robert Sala was kind of overrated last year. And I'll say that and then then duck, I guess, while people throw things at me. But I do think Joe Woods helped his team a lot, a lot in the secondary. And I thought I thought Sala did okay in 2017. I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he was atrocious in 2018. It was really bad. I know they didn't have edge rushers, but but it wasn't that as much as the breakdowns that we saw, the mental breakdowns. And we were like, why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? And then last year was great. Last year was great. They had, they had a great defense last year. And now again, we saw, oh, these breakdowns happen. You're like, what? And he kind of said, oh, well, we're trying new things, this, that, and the other thing. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. And look, I thought the defense played well overall. I just thought they got gassed. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I thought at the end of the game, they got gassed. And what are you going to tell? They have trouble with kind of the Kyler Murray, Murray, Russell Wilson type quarterbacks. And the refs didn't help them out, obviously. There were some garbage oh calls. God. But, yeah. but I'm not going to even get into that because the Niners beat themselves. Like, I'm not even, it's not like the Niners played this great game and like, mm-hmm. not even going to get into that. They, they did, there was that one drive or whatever where it was, it was ridiculous. They pretty much handed them a touchdown. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess, in terms of yeah. that. But I'm, I'm not going to go crazy about it yet. But it's, 
it's something I would, I'll just tell everybody, just keep it in the back of your mind right now. If we start to see them, you know, it was, it was just, again, where it happened and who it happened to the point in the game, it happened. And the fact that it was Hopkins, I was kind of like, really? So keep it in the back of your minds. But right now I'm going to say, I'm, I'm worried about everything. I worry about everything anyway, but I'm just (laughs) going to say it was interesting to me and keep it in the back of your mind. I think that, yeah, I think that to me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same sort of mindset, but the thing for me is that I'm not a big Robert Sala guy. I think that he's, he's basically a, a beneficiary of the talent that he has on defense. Like I don't, really agree with a lot of the, the calls that he makes. Like I mentioned to you earlier in the show that there are several things that are trans from last year that trouble me about this year. Well, one of the things is how Robert Sala calls the defense at the end of halves and at the end of games. Like they literally, okay, so Kyle Shanahan has a really good drive. The drive stalled. That was, that was fine. That's okay. But they got points at the end of the half, which is great. And for all the criticism that I give Kyle Shanahan for his play calling, things like that, game management, he managed that perfectly. They gave them less than a minute. It was like, what, 40 seconds, I think, that, that were left on the clock. And he was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to kick a field goal and, and take a 13-7 lean and go into half with 40 seconds left. Next thing you know, on a draw play, they get 20-plus yards. Arizona gets 20-plus yards on the ensuing drive that they have. And after that, it's kind of like off to the races. They start throwing it. The Niners can't stop them. And to me, if you're Robert Sala, you cannot let that happen. You literally gave them three points for nothing. Like, and at the end of the game, and I understand that they missed two field goals too, and that would have factored in, but you could also say, okay, well, that's part of the course because the Niners would have had at least three head caution and kicked the field goal on a fourth goal. But that was basically the difference between, to me, winning and losing because at the end of the game, you're down by one instead of three if Arizona doesn't get that field goal. So if you're Robert Sala, at the, at the end of half, and he struggles with this, he struggles his entire time here. Doesn't matter what personnel grouping he has, what doesn't matter what talent level he has, he really is is really, really bad when the Niners have a lead and they need to protect it. And it's the end of a half or a game. He's really, really bad at protecting it. And he, he calls a defense that's way too soft. Um, I did see that he was bringing more pressure yesterday, which is great. They list, uh, they're, I think, the second least in the league, uh, amount in the league last year. But I, I did see significantly more blitzing. Jimmy Ward had a nice pass breakup where he blitzed and came free and, and uh, jumped up and batted a Kyler Murray pass. But to me, Al, like, it was, again, the same thing where they were just gassed. Like, against Kansas City in the Super Bowl, they, had, they played 75 defensive snaps mm-hmm. as a team in the Super Bowl. They played 78 defensive snaps on Sunday. So against guys like Mahomes and Murray that are mobile and, and very good at what they do, you can't have that happen. And, yes, that's on the offense, too. Because you have to be able to keep your defense off the field and keep keep drives going and shorten the game, but when your defense has a chance to get off the field, specifically like they had several chances inside of their of Arizona's own ten to get off the field and they weren't able to do it. And yes, there were two instances. Yes, where the referees messed up. I, you know that's that's fine. Like the non intentional grounding, which was you know basically should have been called. Like Kwan Williams got called for a hold, which was not a hold because Hopkins had him. And then Hawkins had a first down with what what they said was a first down, but he was clearly like a yard short of the marker. They gave it to him on third down, but those things again, Ali, the referees didn't, didn't beat the Niners. Like the Niners made made dumb mistakes on both sides of the ball. Like how do you leave DeAndre Hopkins wide open? That's another thing I'm seeing from last year is they can't hold the lead. Like think of Jimmy's comebacks. The the Rams game last year, Kittle scored a touchdown to to make the Niners go up by a point. Defense can hold them because they went ahead and, and allowed a field goal at the other end. 
the uh, Seattle game, um, you know, defense can hold because they lost uh, at the very end. The uh, Atlanta game, Julio Jones is going crazy. Matt Ryan was running the ball and beating them. And on the last play of the game, they didn't, they'd let Julio Jones have a free release off the line. Like they do these things that make no sense. Richard Sherman said that half of the defense was in one, uh, was in one coverage and the other half was in the other coverage. Well, if that's the case, somebody's going to, somebody's going to call a timeout. Somebody's going to take some leadership. Solid's going to be like, okay, it's third and six. This is the biggest play of the game. You know, we're up. We, we got to preserve this lead. Let me call a timeout. They can only tie with a field goal. Let me call a timeout. Let's regroup and see what they see what they do. And, and they didn't. And to me, like, it, it's frustrating to me because, like, more experienced defensive coordinators would ask for that timeout and be like, okay, we see what you're doing. Once you line up and, and you're about to snap it, we see what you're doing. We're, we're going to call a timeout. Uh, they, they did the same thing in the Super Bowl. Third and, 15, third and 15 should have called a timeout before that play, and they never did. And to me, these are the things, the little things that separate championships from not championships. I just, I, I'm not a big believer in Robert Sala. Like, I think he's an okay coach. I think they can do better. But it's the defense to me has has earned enough credit from last year, from playing dominant last year, to be like, okay, this is a blip on the radar. They have these games from time to time. To see it right off the bat, yeah, it's it's kind of like, okay, well, it gets your ears perked up. But really, like, honestly, I don't think we're going to know a lot about this team in general until the middle of the season because you have three or four kind of winnable games here that you should win, and then you play the Rams. And to me, the Rams are better than most people thought, I think, and they, and they will be. And to me, that will be the ultimate test right there, right? The first early season test after this Arizona game. Because you know, the Jets and the Giants and, and these the, the Dolphins and these games, like these these teams aren't playoff contenders. These are games that you should win. But your divisional games in the toughest division of football, like this is really going to tell you what, what you want to know about the Niners. Like they did struggle at times on defense. Like Quan Alexander, to me, like just looked done by the end of the game. Like I, I'm not even sure if, uh, to me, like Drake Greenlaw is a much better player at that position. I, I mean, Alexander didn't play yesterday i didn't think yeah well yesterday um and i don't know what it was whether it was like they were gassed or not conditioned because there was no preseason i don't know what it was but the air quality too you gotta there was some issues with that but i mean i mean arizona playing that that's true yeah no the cardinals you're right you're right same thing playing the same air quality right so to me like it's just robert sala just doesn't know i don't know if he has the toolbox the tools in his toolbox to be able to call the right scheme at the right time to be honest they were just get really getting by on talent last year. I'm not sure if they can do that this year. I really somebody, hope they have somebody else cooked up. Somebody, and, I, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted me something today. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, maybe they got a point. If you look at the way Bill Belichick does things, it's we're going to take away what you do well, mm-hmm. and then you beat us with your left hand, so to speak, right? You beat us with what's left. The Niners kind of don't do that. And you look at Hopkins yesterday, right? They did not take away Hopkins annihilated them. Did mm-hmm. not take it away. Rapulio Jones last year. And there's other, I, 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 I mean, I have to do that for next show is go back and look at that, but something interesting where, yeah, sometimes like the one thing, the two things that couldn't happen yesterday, Murray can't beat you with his legs and you can't let Hopkins go off and both happened. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit worrisome. You, you also brought up the Rams and look, this division it's not going to be easy, and these division games are important. So I know you want to save stuff for film or whatever, but it's an important game. The Cardinals are going to be pesky. They really, really are. And the Rams, I thought they looked pretty good last night. Dallas is not an easy win. Dallas is a good team. I thought the Rams played really well last night. Goff hit through a dime 
I forget the rookie wide receiver's name, but that was one of the things I'm like, why can't the Niners do stuff like that? They bring in this rookie wide receiver and Goff throws like a 40-yard dime to him. You know, and they have Cup and they have Woods and the running backs look good last night and Aaron Donald's making plays and, and Ramsey. So that's going to be a scary. You know, everybody can talk about Seattle's demise as much as they want to. Russell Wilson is great. I don't like him. I think he's corny as hell. I don't like the Seahawks, but he's great. He's not good. He's great. He is going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if there's any great quarterback that does more with less. He, he is phenomenal. And if you think he's not going to lead that team to 10 or 11 wins, you're crazy. Crazy. He is a great, great player. You are in a division every year where you have to go against, to me, one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, and that is not easy. So games like yesterday are important. You got to get those wins. It's kind of how yeah. I feel about that. I still think the Niners are going to look, look, I, I think the Niners are going to be fine. I, I do. I, they're, especially with seven playoff teams this year, they're going to get in. If they don't get in, it's, a, it's, a, it's an utter disaster. Mm. They're going to get in. But look, if you're, if you're expecting 13 and three, you don't have 13 and three seasons with the way they played yesterday. So we'll see yeah. what, we'll see what the Giants bring. We'll see what the Jets bring in the next two weeks. We'll see what happens after that. But, the division is not going to be easy. Looking at what we've seen, if they go 500 in the division, that might be, that might be good, honestly. Yeah, I think that the, the good thing about playing such a tough division, and you mentioned Russell Wilson, and I, and I share that same opinion that I don't like him. You know, I, 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 I'll be repeating the same thing that you were saying, but I don't like him. I don't like the Seahawks, but he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He is. There's nobody better. Like, you can talk about Mahomes being the Super Bowl MVP and this and that. Like there's no one guy that I fear more right now than Russell Wilson. When he gets the ball in the fourth quarter and they're down by like a touchdown and it's even if there's like a minute left, I'm like, he's, he's either tying it or winning it because he's done that so many times to the Niners and other teams over the years. And you ask yourself like, what other quarterbacks make you feel that way? (laughs) Mahomes. Okay, fine. Mahomes. Yeah, whatever. But he doesn't have the track record that Russell Wilson does. Mahomes has had three years in this league. Two of them, yeah, he won MVP Super Bowl. But before the Niners basically had a collapse, he had two picks that should have been three and less than 200 yards passing and no touchdowns. So Russell Wilson, like when he, he's the ultimate equalizer and you need to have as many wins in your bank as possible before you get to the, that, that middle of the season stretch and the last 11 games, which is going to be very difficult. All winnable games. They're all teams that the Niners can beat. However, you want to have as much sort of leeway and money cash in the bank in savings before you you hit that stretch. Wilson and, was sorry sorry Wilson was thirty one of thirty five yesterday. <laughs> thirty one yeah, of thirty five. Three twenty two, four TDs, and, and, and then just to throw in twenty nine yard yards rushing on three carries. He was, yeah. I, I mean, that's and again, like I've seen before, I I don't expect that out of out of Garoppolo. That's there's only there's one Russell Wilson, but he's in your division. <laughs> You, yep. you know what I mean? Got to win these games, dude. Got to win these games. Yeah, I agree. Got to win these games. And the, and uh, But I will have a counterpoint to that, Al. So all you can say all these teams, first of all, the Niners are last place in the division for the first time in uh, two years. But, <laughs> but uh, I think that'll be short-lived come next week. But you uh, can benefit from these teams kind of beating up on each other because I think that you'll see a lot of teams splitting. Like the Niners obviously have to, have, have to split now with Arizona. I think they'll get at least a split with Seattle. Uh, and I said that they would, they would, they would split and they'll get hopefully at least a split with the Rams. Right. So like you're saying like 500 ball in the division may, may be good enough because 
really like the division winner could possibly have 10 or 11 wins because of the tough, the tough competition they're going against. And I know that Russell Wilson's there, but their defense is not any good. They don't have any pass rush. The linebackers can't cover and they have an average secondary. So it's going to be the Russell Wilson show for them to win. And really, Alec, how many, how many losses can you afford? Like maximum five max to win the division. Um, if you want home field, and I know we're looking at the end of the season, but like if you want home field, what, how many losses can you have maximum? Like three? Probably, probably three. Yeah, you're probably talking to go 13 and three to get the one season. Exactly. Out. And you have one now already right off, right off the bat. You got one. So really, like they should refocus. They need to get as many wins as possible before that tough stress, stress starts. Get everybody healthy. The biggest thing I said before yesterday's game, I tweeted out when I heard Ayuk was out, I was like, okay, the offense will struggle. I didn't think they would struggle like that because I didn't think Jimmy would play so poorly. But I said, look, I don't care what if really if they win or lose. I just want them to get out healthy. And when Kittle, when he got hurt, and we all thought that like, oh god, like this is going to be bad. When you saw that knee hyperextend, I was like, oh god, please don't be an ACL or MCL or anything like that. And he kind of hobbled off the field. I was kind of the season was kind of flashing before my eyes at that point. And the fact that it's only a knee sprain is a huge is a huge blessing and a huge deal because it just means that he's out maybe a game or two. Um, in this, I would say the softest part of the schedule. So they got to they got to take advantage of it. They really do. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Other things around the NFL. I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with the Bills yesterday. Um, Josh Allen is you got the full Josh Allen experience with that, where he had a couple bad fumbles and he just totally missing people. But the Bills looked really good. The Chiefs looked took care of business and looked good, and they ran the ball really well. The Ravens looked really good. The Packers looked really good. The Saints, I don't think Breeze played really well, but that wasn't an easy game, even though the Bucs are going to take some time to get together. They won convincingly at home, right? A lot of these teams that we thought were going to be good, they showed up yesterday. So, again, let's, let's hope this was just a blip on the radar for the Niners. You know, Dallas lost a tough game. We think they're going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, trying to see who else I think maybe is going to be at the end of the year. They had maybe an iffy, iffy game. I mean, those are probably the big teams, right? I don't think I'm missing anybody. We talked about our division, talked about Seattle, who's always scary. So of all the teams that you expect to be there, the Niners were the one team who kind of laid an egg. Again, it's just week one. We'll see what happens. And and we could have a couple of 40-point wins coming up the next two weeks. And we're like, oh, life is good again. We'll see. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from there. Now, Zane, I think before we wrap it up, you wanted to talk about... um, was it the quarterback sliding? Is that what got tweeted at me today? Yeah. Are, are you yeah, done? Yeah. Are you done? Are you done with that? Tell me what you're thinking about that. Oh man. Also, well, really quick to, to go back to your to your point about uh, the Niners playing a couple of a couple of softies. Well, there's no soft games in the NFL. I'm gonna call it that. But the Jets are kind of soft. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I mean, that's kind of soft. <laughs> that's you made they lose to the Jets. Could you imagine uh, just? Uh, it's gonna they lose. Oh my god, people are gonna lose their minds. I mean, that's, that's a wrap for, I mean, that's a wrap for a lot of people, right? They're going to be like, all right, I'm done. The season's over. But I mean, even the, the, the problem is now, Al, even if they win, I feel like you don't really learn anything about them because people are going to be like, oh, well, you should beat them. You are a better team than them. You're the, you're the defending NFC champions. These are the New York Jets. You should beat them. You should stomp on them. And it's like, I, I just hope that there's no like expectation, like, oh, you should beat them by like, you know, 30 plus points because you're better. Th- just win the damn game. Just win. Win and get out of there healthy. That's it. Beat the Jets, beat the Giants, get out of there healthy, and come back here for the Dolphins, I think. Right? Dolphins I think Eagles. so. Yeah. One of them. Come back here, come back here um, you know, to the Bay, 
And hopefully by that time, they'll have fans in the stands, some fans, and uh, treat your home fans to a, their first home victory. But really, I don't think, honestly, I don't think we're going to learn a lot about them until they start playing some of the, some more of these division games and some more of the more competitive games, because that's really where you make your money. These are games that, okay, well, you should win. Um, we may learn some stuff about them, stuff that doesn't work, things that we already know, like Dante Pettis should be out, um, or that XYZ player is struggling and he needs help or needs to be banished or whatever it is. But I don't think we'll learn anything like groundbreaking about them through playing the Jets and Giants. I really don't. Right. Like, just win those games. That's it. Right. Um, but anyways, that being said, segue to awkwardly to the quarterback sliding thing. So this really bothers me, Al. The, the, the sliding quarterback rule was designed to protect quarterbacks, you know, uh, going out of the pocket. And technically, any player can slide. Um, I, I remember that uh, uh, Cedric Wilson many years ago against the Rams, instead of um, going out of bounds, he went to the middle of the field to slide because he thought they could stop the clock, but then he ended up running out the clock. Hmm. And uh, basically he gave himself up and that's, that's kind of what it is, right? Like we saw Brian Westbrook do it against the Cowboys, you know, and, and he, he fell down at the goal line, slid at the goal line and then they, they won the game. But I think that when you are dealing with running quarterbacks, guys that are basically running backs who can also throw the ball and they're running down the field, they should be treated as runners. And the reason why is because Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are experts at this being able to sense when people are coming and slide at the last minute to be able to draw that penalty. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not so much because he doesn't care. He's a bigger guy. But even then, like Lamar Jackson, he's, he's, like, he's effective because you can't hit him. Like, what, are, what are defenders supposed to do here, Al? You can't hit him in the pocket, okay? You can't hit him outside of the pocket. So what, what can you do? Like Patrick Mahomes had that long run against the Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs, which is the slowest developing quarterback running play I've ever seen in my life. Because Titans defenders were taking bad angles and chasing after him because they didn't want to take the penalty. They're like, we don't know if he's going to slide. We don't know if he's going to throw. We don't know what he's going to do. And when you put defenders in that situation, it's, it's impossible to stop a running quarterback. It's not possible. And to me, like, if you're going to be able, if you're going to be running down the field, just like a running back, they should be able to hit you like a running back. If you don't want to do it, then don't run. It's, it's almost like it's an it's unfair advantage to the teams that have running quarterbacks. It's like, okay, well, now we don't know what he's going to do. So now you can't, you know, you can't hit him in the pocket, can't hit him in the head, can't hit him in the knees, can't hit him when he's running outside of the pocket. If he slides, like what, what, what even is that? So they need to revise that rule. I think that even if you're behind the line of scrimmage, if you start running around, like you should be able to get hit. Like people say, oh, you can't, it's, it's not, uh, it's a personal foul if you hit a quarterback in the head, even if he's outside of the pocket. Look, if he, if he leaves the pocket, he should be fair game. And I know that people say, oh, well, you have people taking cheap shots. Well, a cheap shot, like just like you can't cheap shot a receiver or helmet to helmet a running back, you should not be able to do the same with a quarterback when he's outside of the pocket. Just treat him like a receiver or running back with the ball. It's very simple. And Kyler Murray's a ninja at that. He was insane yesterday at getting down and getting out of bounds. I think he got hit once or something like that. Like he, he was, he he was absolutely penalties. crazy. Yeah, he, he I mean, he was that weren't penalties. Like, I mean, what, because- what, what a weapon to be. If, and I agree with you. It's a little bit ridiculous, but if those are the rules and you got a quarterback who could play him like that, I mean, what a weapon, what a mm-hmm. weapon. Can Cardinals. Yeah. Long, can you imagine how long Joe Montana would have played if they had that rule? Oh my God. Montana and Rice in, in, in today's NFL. It's unbelievable. couple yeah. things. So the Niners play the Eagles in week four, but we're not worried about that. We're on to New York. What does Bill Belichick say? We're, we're on, we're on to the Jets. So that's not we're concerned about. A couple things about Wilson really quick. 
Not that I want to talk about Russell Wilson. I mean, come on. It's a 49ers podcast, but I got to give the guy credit. He's got the third best interception percentage in history, tied for third best. And he has the best touchdown percentage of any modern era quarterback right now at 6.1%. Aaron Rodgers is next at 6%. And then you're talking Peyton Manning. I mean, anybody who's ahead of him is Sid, Sid Luckman, Frankie Elbert, Frank Ryan, whoever the hell that is. Otto Graham, Len Dawson, Daryl LaMonica, Sammy Bond, Charlie Connor, Connerly, whatever the hell that is. I don't know. He played in the 40s. But that's how good Russell Wilson is. And again, just to make the point, everybody kind of is like, oh, still whatever. Niners have to deal with this guy. He is going to be around. So if you're, if you're, if you got to deal with a quarterback who's good for 10 wins every single season, I guess that's kind of the point I'm making here is, is you got to bring it every week. You got to win 10, 12 games yourself because. Russell Wilson, I think he's won at least 10 games every season of his career, except for one. I think he was nine and seven. So the Seahawks are going to be there. I think the Rams are, Rams look like every bit of a 10 win team. And, and again, the Cardinals are going to be pesky. So it's going to be a fun year, but it's going to be a challenging year. And I don't know that the division is as much of a given as we thought it was. Yeah. I, I did you see the, the first play, the first play of the year, Russell Wilson got hammered, hammered. Like if he's, if, if he, and he got hammered a couple more times in that game. If he's going to take those hits, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, he's not even he's not finishing the season. Like if he continues to take hits like that, I'm sure that you know teams teams adjust and things like that. They'll do things on their offensive line to help him out. But if he continues to take just like, I mean, he, he got planted a couple times, and he's he, he's taken those hits his entire career. He's never missed a game. Yeah, if dude he hasn't missed a game in nine years. Yeah, so I mean. If he continues to take those, he's not, he's not going to finish the season. Like it's just simple as that. Like they got to get him some help. Not that I care. I hope they don't get him help. But I mean, right? Agree. <laughs> the Seahawks <laughs> with him: eleven and five, thirteen and three, twelve and four, ten and six, ten five and one, nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five. Yeah, dude. And we're seeing last last three years: thirty-four TDs, eleven picks; thirty-five TDs, seven picks; thirty-one TDs, five picks. And I started this year with four PDs and no picks. I hate you, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. I hate you. And we're um, sitting here trying to figure out what our quarterback is now. <laughs> yeah. So look, let's just hope Jimmy turns it around. I think. Um, okay. I think he will be too. Right? Predictions. What was right? that? Predictions for next week. For yeah. this week coming up, the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I think the Niners are going to come out pissed. I don't know if they have the firepower to run up like forty points here, but I don't think the Jets are doing anything on the defense. There's some just bad. Jets have no weapons. Donald is not somebody who can run around. The Niners are going to be fine. Um, I don't again. I don't think they're going to score a ton of points unless the defense gets some turnovers. I'm going to say it's going to be like 27 to 10 Niners. Yeah, I'm going to say 24 14. The Ni- the Niners basically are in control the entire way. They uh, the Jets get a cheap touchdown at the end. They make it like a 10 point game, and the Niners like the, I don't think it'll ever be in doubt. I know I said the same thing about the Cardinals game when we made our predictions last week, but I had no idea about Ayuk at that point. We didn't know he was going to play, and like we didn't know that Jimmy would be so bad. But I just hope it's not like the like the game last week against the Cardinals where I I, I didn't ever feel comfortable. Al, like it was just like when they when they blocked that punt, and we didn't talk about that at all. Dante Johnson went to the practice squad, by the way, because of that. Um, when they blocked that punt, that totally changed the momentum that brought him back in the game. And then when they when the Niners couldn't get in on that fourth and goal, it just felt like it was just a matter of time until Arizona would wake up to me. It was just a really weird, weird vibe to the game. Like I, going into it, like I was like, okay, they could actually lose this game. When I saw like what was happening in the game, the Niners couldn't pull away. They kept making mistakes. 
And like Arizona's not that bad of a team, but you can keep squandering these opportunities. Eventually they're gonna come up and bite you. And they did. And I hope they don't let the Jets hang around because when you let teams the Niners are a good team. Look, they will make the playoffs. I've already made my, my prediction. I stand by it. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. I made my prediction. I'm standing by it. But when you let teams that are 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 less talented than you and, and worse than you hang around, this is what happens. Like Arizona happens. So they got to jump on the Jets. They got to keep the, the, the moment, momentum throughout the game. And even if, even if they mess up, they got to bounce back from it. The Niners won the turnover battle and lost the game out against Arizona. So it was just a really weird one-off sort of thing. And I think that now it's, it's under their belt. It's kind of water under the bridge. They'll settle into like who we thought they were, starting with this game against the Jets. I'm going to say it's, it's, yeah, it's not close, 24-14. Yeah, I'm going to say we're going to have a much happier podcast next week when we're talking about I think so. So it's going to be good. So, yeah. We're going to be okay. Look, again, we're just reacting to one week and people are frustrated and we hope we be a little bit of therapy for you guys. Um, and that's it. And I think the Niners are still, we're still going to end up playing deep into January, I think. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Enjoy this upcoming game. For Zane, this is Al. Thanks, everybody. 